Welcome to Sympathy for the Devil, a podcast about addiction with James Marshall and Adam Manovic. What is addiction? In this podcast, we explore addiction in its many and varied forms, from sugar to love, from alcohol to gambling, from work to sex. You can get addicted to heroin and alcohol, but can you get addicted to your phone or computer game? In this podcast, we talk to people whose lives have been affected by addiction. This is a program that explores what is and what it means to be addicted. Warning, the content of this program contains material that some people might find disturbing. Today we've got another interesting take on addiction and it's gaming addiction, which has again been in the press lately a lot. We have two people in with us today to talk about gaming. One is a gaming addict or, or was a gaming addict. He had an intervention from all his friends and family to stop him from gaming. And then we've got someone from the gaming industry or actually a journalist who writes for the gaming industry and he'll talk about the whole notion of addiction and you, can you actually get addicted to video games. Do you think you can, Adam? I think it's a bit weird. Oh, know. absolutely. It's just like anything else. Really? Um, awesome. Yeah, I absolutely believe you can get addicted to video games. And uh, Dan G agrees. Let's hear what he has to say. So, Dan, uh, you're coming on the podcast today to discuss uh, your addiction and your struggle with gaming. Um, yep. Not gambling, but gaming as in video gaming. Um, look, I've been an on and off kind of gamer in the past and... Um, so I have some kind of, um, I guess, knowledge about um, how games can really addict you and, and, and how they can grab you and, um, you know, you just want to play them 24-7. But um, some of the stories I've seen online in researching this episode have been absolutely amazing. People staying up for days and actually dying because they haven't done anything but play a game. Um, tell me why gaming is so addic- addictive. Um, I don't think it's all gaming. Uh, I think it's the games, and I'll give an example, World of War, like World of Warcraft was one that I played excessively. I think it's that the way that they're inherently built where you're looking at um, this constant reward, and there is a constant reward every time you, you actually do something in the game. You're rewarded with something like experience points, loot, so um, when when you'd be playing these games, I remember uh, me and a mate would like we'd go to a certain area where there was a, an item that we want, and we knew it had something like point six of a percent of actually dropping. So it was like every time you'd you'd, you'd go and you'd, you'd defeat an enemy and you'd and you'd loot and you'd loot it, you'd have that feeling. Oh, this time it's gonna it's gonna be the item. So. You'd end up just playing for hours and hours in this small little situ like area of of the world, and you'd spend hours just doing the same same thing, almost like people when they're playing poker machines, because could happen, might happen, probably won't happen. It's probably the whole random reward structure. Sometimes you get a reward, and because you don't know it's coming, it's a nice little yeah boost to your um yeah. You know, so so you, chemically, you, you get stuck in that in that trap where it's like yeah you could possibly get it um you're doing something that's that is inherently fun um and that's that's why you stick to it and that's i think where the addiction part comes from Mm. so can you tell us about how 
it built up to a point where I guess over a couple of years where it became a problem. Fell into a into a deep depression and games were were an escape from that. I was working from home. Um so I'd get it I'd start I'd wake up at about twelve o'clock. I'd start working till about till about six when I'd really start to go, Oh, I need to start playing people. Yeah, yeah. People people would be coming online that I'd know that I'd play with and then I'd end up playing till three, four in the morning, going to bed and doing this doing the same routine, which I think might have been two or three years I was doing that. And it wasn't wasn't games like World of Warcraft because it was more it was like any game like Battlefield, any of those games. So that's why I don't think it was as much of a um as an addiction as it was an escape from the current mental state I, I was in at the time. Well, I mean, but some people would say that's what addiction is, a mental escape mm. or, or an emotional um, way of dealing with the world or, or an, you know, um, yeah, when you're feeling, want to change your feelings, then you find something that will do it. Mm. And then Escapism. If it, if it works, it becomes... I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I need more, and on it goes. And um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your state of mind around this, and how how you think it was in some ways an addiction? So I think people outside of my situation definitely saw it as an addiction. Um, my parents did. They thought I was addicted to to video games, um, and that was because I was on it constantly. Um, I if I wasn't playing video games, I'd become I'd become agitated. Um, so I was actually quite angry back then because when I wasn't playing games, I wasn't very happy. So how did your your um, I guess addiction of video gaming uh, affect the people around you? Can you kind of elaborate more on that? And um, because we look at things like I guess substance addiction um, and and how that has a very obvious flow and effect to people around. Um, them, but with you, you're locked up in a room, very solid. In a, uh, it was very solitude. Mm. How did that affect other people, and how did they react to you? So, with my parents, um, obviously, your parents want to see you do the best that you can. But so, coming from a Middle Eastern background, there, there, um, my my mother was always pressuring me, like, why, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? You're always stuck in your room. That'd get me really pissed off because I'd be very aggressive towards, especially my my parents. I just felt like they were attacking me, like calling it an addiction, calling, saying that I wasn't doing anything with my life, kind of thing. So, and what about your friends? Um, so that's a weird one. Some of my friends actually did play with me um, online, so uh, but they didn't play as much as I did. Um, yeah, they were so my best friend. He he used to play with me, but he obviously had an, a life outside of it. So eventually, um, he saw how bad I was getting and kind of encouraged me to um, to get out and and he kind of helped me through some of my depression. Did he kind of say, "Look, you need some help"? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How was that to hear? Like to actually come face to face with. Um you know, a problem. Uh, uh, you know, it, it is like addiction. I mean, you said you're, you're angry with your parents. I'm not taking drugs. I'm just in my room. I'm not hurting anyone. Well, 
heroin addict could say to their parents, look, I'm just in my room, I'm not hurting anyone. Mm. Um, and that they could just be taking their drug of choice. Yours just happened to be video games. Um, what was your process when you were confronted with that idea that maybe I really do have a problem with this? When your best friend kind of um, comes to you and is like, oh, look, <laughs> you're kind of wasting wasting your life kind of thing. Um it's very hard to get to get angry with that. Like it's it's an outsider's you almost. So um hearing that I I did a lot of soul searching after. I mean that's a bit of a cliche, but like it that really affected me. I was It's like you held a mirror up to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at how I was living um, I put on massive amounts of weight. I, yeah, it was it was pretty 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 bleak kind of existence where you you just wake up, do some work so you can get some money in, and then go just play video games. Was what was your was there any one moment that was your like absolute rock bottom and your realization, or was was that it? Or there were there are a few. I remember one time the. I had because I, I was running my own business. Um, I ended, uh, I ended up playing video games three days in a row without having worked, and missed a deadline and lost uh, a really con- consistent client. Um, there was another time where I'd been playing video games and eating so much junk food. I remember getting really sick. And it was almost like I had a hangover and I was throwing up and that was another point where I was just like, oh, wow, this is really fucked. One one aspect of my life that I always thought I was good at was was my work and to have lost a client because of how, because of how I was um, gaming, uh, yeah, really, really affected me. Yeah, was there other aspects too to that or was it um, just the client? Was he, were your friends dropping off? Um, yeah, I had I'd see my friends maybe once every two to three months. Um, my friends would ask why why aren't you coming out with us? Yeah, I saw I saw my best friend. Um, like we'd we'd always been really really close, and to see him having finished uni, having a steady girlfriend, having moved out of home, and I'm just stuck doing the same same thing that that was pretty hard to see because back in high school we'd even though we were best friends we'd we'd compete pretty uh, a lot of the times and yeah just to see him doing really and it's it's a bad thing to say like seeing him do really well made me like um yeah it wasn't wasn't fun to see like rehab i had to seek help outside to to help manage it um yeah, so it it was a little different, um, and having a look at what I was doing myself um, was a big was a big part of that. The other addictive qual- well qualities that it has is that resonated with me was that you have a lot of control um, in what you do, and I was pretty good at video games. Um, I used um, so. It also felt like good, like you were achieving something, you were actually good at something, kind of thing. So it really feeds into the the depression, where it's it's sometimes the only thing that makes you feel good, 
kind of thing. Like it's it's the only thing that where you feel some sort of purpose or um, when you're locked away in your own little world and um, you're feeling like shit, you start playing and then it's like, yeah, I've got control over, over this. I've, I'm actually really good at it. People like me on it. So it really helps feed into that depression. And yeah. while you think you're getting better, you're really getting worse. Maybe with gambling as well. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, totally. Uh, 100%. Like, you know, if you're sitting there and doing a, um, you know, 12-hour gambling binge, then it's just a emotional roller coaster. And But you do have purpose. You do... The purpose is to get more money. Um, you are... You're having your rewards along the way, so you're winning. Um, there's, it's a challenge. You're going up and down. Um, and when you're winning, it's bound to make anyone feel better about their situation. Does that sound familiar? I, I, th- I think you're convincing me, convincing me more and more. I might have had an addiction. Yeah. I, like I've said, the, yeah, the whole time. Like I don't think I did have an addiction, but maybe like because I thought it was depression, but it was depression. It definitely was. Yeah. But I think tend to eat when I'm stressed. Uh, tend to eat more. Um, yeah, it's mostly a stress thing. I think with food and alcohol, but I feel like. If I really, especially with alcohol, if I really let it go, I think I could get there. Um, looking back, and uh, I guess, is there any chance that you'd ever kind of be that person again, do you think? Um, I don't think there's any chance I'll be that person again. My life was so messed up uh, compared to now where I've, I've recently gotten married. Uh, I have a really good job. Um I suppose if all of that <laughs> fell through, maybe. Do you still play games today? I still play games today. Um, but it's like I probably play about three to four hours a week, maybe. Um, versus, I don't know, 12 hours a day. <laughs> Alex, welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm the editor of Kotaku Australia, which is a video game website that focuses on the video game news, video game culture, technology, the intersection of all of those, and just everything that's happening within those worlds. Um, And I just wanted to get your thoughts and ideas about gaming addiction and, and what it may be and what it may look like. Right, so this has all come up recently because of the announcement of the World Health Organization to include gaming disorder as a new disorder in um, the 11th revision, uh, and that's due to be published later this year. So essentially, it is the draft will go through. Um, and when they first proposed the draft, there were a bunch of concerns from, as, as scholars and academics tend to do, they, they debate it, and the World Health Organization opted to go through with it. So gaming disorder, uh, from what I understand, is um, going to be classified as a separate, who, who will treat it as a separate disorder from, say, somebody who's addicted to, to gambling, somebody who is addicted to, you know, substance abuse or, or things like that and the whole purpose of the um and it's the icd so it's the international classification of diseases the the point of it is the world health organization produces this and then countries can use that essentially as a document to help them plan 
you know, healthcare from a, a sort of a national scale, if you like. So it's not a case of here is a definition in the ICD to treat this one particular person. It's more like large-scale health planning. That's a perspective, at least as I understand it, from where they're coming from. Yeah. And so, and that's from a large part of what I've seen from the material I've read from um, some of the psychologists that you know we've we've had um, who spoke out about it um, when the proposal was first came out. And there's been a bunch of discussion back and forth over the last twelve months, which is when the sort of beta version of the draft, if you will first came out has effectively been around a few things one of is the problem is that is gaming disorder defined enough to actually be classed as a separate thing the arguments that go against and pretty much from what i see from the material is that there aren't enough clinical studies and that the sample sizes and the research base is a little too low to actually treat it as a separate, you know, it's you, you're dealing with people who are addicted, you know, you are dealing with people who are using games as a coping mechanism. But is that enough to say the game is addictive or the game is the root problem in, you know, this particular scenario? That That's kind of the... The topic, and that, and that's kind of where scholars are raising points of contention here, is that are we correctly defining it in the first place? And what are your thoughts on this going through and this being treated in terms of an addiction in quotation marks yeah. or, or disorder, whatever you want to call it? But let's call it addiction for for today. And what do you think about that? personally in your experience of it so have you ever come to work and just had a especially horrific day for one reason or another maybe there's been some office politics maybe like every piece of hardware has just completely failed you've lost all of your recordings you know something like that and you've gone home and you've decided to load up something you know a movie tv series take out a board game or something as a essentially as a distraction yes definitely okay so in effect you're using that piece of entertainment whatever your form of entertainment is as a way to sort of escape change would you say change the way you're feeling so you come home depressed and you don't like that feeling so you do something to change or distract from that bad feeling that you're carrying i I think it's a a distraction i don't is it a bad feeling you're carrying the major concern that comes around is are people going to be misdiagnosed because you know they're going to go and turn to a piece of entertainment you know as a coping mechanism or because that's their thing that's what they enjoy they don't enjoy other things so they just pick this you know play video games just watch TV all the time. Where does that? Where do you draw that line? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand what you're saying exactly. I mean, yeah, people will be drawn into it when really they're not addicts, and 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 they'll be diagnosed and treated as if they are. The other problem with that is not treating the root cause of the problem. Mm. So when you've got instances where you um, people tend to use one particular thing as a coping mechanism, and that could be substances, you know, that could be you know, a particular um, hazardous type of behaviour. 
Um, so, and it is worth noting that there is a, a separate definition um, listed for hazardous gaming. Interestingly, is there? Yeah. So, it, what is has, has, hazardous gaming? So, the way that they've got it listed um, in the ICD eleven is essentially something that appreciably increases like the physical risk or harm to the person, which sounds awfully. That seems like it should be part of gaming disorder, but again, I'm not a not a medical professional. But that is, you know, it is worth noting that it is listed as a separate activity. So I think, in you know, just uh, from a layman's perspective, I think like the you would be talking in instances where um, you've seen stories of say somebody who's died in a an internet cafe because they've been in there for five days and they haven't eaten. Like I think everybody could agree that would qualify as hazardous when you you're actively physically neglecting you know, to eat or to sleep or to have a drink of water. Mm. Um, unfortunately, that's never that's never happened in Australia, at least not mm. to my knowledge. Yeah, are you? Can you describe um, from your experience what would be a person that could be diagnosed with this condition? What would their behaviours look like? People who perform an activity to the extent where they are actively ignoring other things that they're, you know, supposed to be doing for their own well-being, you know, mm. in terms of then, you know, neglecting to pay the bills, you know, neglecting it, to do the washing, yeah. like actively, like sort of... To eat, to exercise, to work. They're all consumed by this. Yeah, or maybe maybe not even so much going, you know, to the extreme of, you know, physical malnourishment, but in terms of like, you know, neglecting necessary parts of their life. Just on that... Do you agree with the fact that gaming is addictive? Are you in agreement with that and that it has to be brought into public consciousness? But yeah, you're, you're, you're sceptical of that. Well, the prognosis. thing is what's happening in, in X, you know, say, again, Call of Duty, there's mm. a massive variance mm. in all of the things that could be happening in that one game. Mm. You know, the way they're playing it, what they're getting out of it, what that game has chosen to, you know, is engineered to feed back to the player in that particular mode, what its options are. You know, yep. it's, you, you can generalise to an incredibly reductive way that isn't helpful to anybody okay. and that doesn't is that treat what, anything. Is that the kind of point you're making about the World Health Authority and people talking about gaming addiction for kids these days? Is that what you're actually talking about? You cannot reduce it down to to that one thing. You know, you have to look at what they're playing, what's going on in their life, um, and why they are obsessed, really, and compulsive. You, you have to always, at any point, if you want a treatment to be effective, to treat the root cause. Mm -hmm. And if you go and treat a behavioural issue and then blame it on something and then you don't actually treat the root cause, you're not going to help anything. Mm. Do you agree there's a similarity between uh, gambling and gaming addiction? I think the way that they've defined it and the way that it's been looked at is very much uh, there are parallels in how it's coming over. And I cannot absolutely understand why that that's the case, and that's very much large parts of the conversation that's happening in terms of loot boxes, for instance. Can you explain that connection a little bit from your point of view? So the, the connection has come up in terms of, um, so are you familiar with what a loot box is? No. Okay, so 
games for a very many long period of time were just a box product that you bought once. Then the publishers would go and produce another product and they'd go and sell another one. Over time, as you know, the rise of mobiles and the rise of free-to-play games, people looked for different revenue streams to help diversify gaming as a, as a business. And one of the models that came up largely uh, from started you know predominantly in Japan and came out through Korea is what's called loot boxes. Now principally they're like trading cards, baseball trading cards. You buy a pack, open it up, you know you're going to get some cards but you don't know what you're going to get inside. So that's the, that's a core principle of them. And the problem um, that has come up is how some of those boxes have been deployed. Some games will just offer cosmetic items. So a, res- a different shirt, you know, a reskin of your model. And there's there was a major backlash last year over a few blockbuster games for how they implemented loot boxes. And that's part of what's triggered the Senate investigation into loot boxes, which is going to report back by mid-September. The problem that people are concerned about is particularly in instances where loot boxes are deployed in a way where the items affect gameplay. So me purchasing, spending more money, will give me a material advantage on somebody who doesn't spend money. That's the thing. One, because it's just simply, it's unfair. And it's especially unfair from people who have already paid up front for a, a boxed product or bought a game online, as is the case with you know major, major blockbuster games. Do you have concerns today about kids becoming so obsessed to the detriment of their physical and mental health, thereby being an addiction maybe? Is that a concern of yours? There is always a potential with any activity for some, you know, some people to take things vastly too far. When you're dealing with something that is in any category a disorder it's got to be properly defined so it can be properly treated mm. that that's the major thing you know, recently we've seen a lot of discussion around um, the last couple of years particularly in the media about you know mental health reporting dealing with you know the crippling issues of that lead people to suicide dealing with depression dealing with you know bipolar or more, I guess it's bipolar now, but manic depression, whole whole range of, of you know other factors that affect people that we never used to really think about. We never used to be able to have a public conversation about. And the key is always the same: is being able to get to the root issues and deal with those properly. Hmm. So that that's my main concern: is that if you don't properly define it, you're not going to be able to properly help the people who need it. Is somebody continually going back to? you know, a form of escapism or, you know, just something that they enjoy because it's a way for them to escape the other problems in their life? Well, yes, that's what I'm saying addiction is. And I think you are too. And people are doing that with gaming, just like they're doing it with gambling and drugs. But in some cases, it's gaming. And that filters through in terms of, you know, legislation a lot of the times, how different industries, you know, react and operate with video games and you know that that's fine like you know every generation you know goes and sees through something of this kind i mean in a way you could say a similar you know arguments and similar reaction to when sort of books and things were printed whenever a new medium 
appears. Mm. Um, yeah, restrictions and regulation immediately come into play. It, it, confusion. Yeah. yeah. And bewilderment. Yeah. And, and the responses that follow to that. Yeah. Well, um, thanks, Alex. I think you've helped sort out some of the confusion that some people might feel about what gaming addiction is and the way it's been bandied about in um, popular culture at the moment and shed some light on some really good thinking and research around that area. So thanks so much for coming in and talking to us on Sympathy for the Devil. No, thank you for having me on. Thank you. To join the discussion, visit our Facebook page, Sympathy for the Devil Podcast, and let us know what you think.